episode seven of Have You Seen? We're somewhere in the middle of January 2012, aren't we? Yeah, just about. Excellent, good. I'm Kieran Lefort, and opposite me is Thomas L. Tom Webb. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that my name? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Tom is in, in inverted commas. Oh, right, yeah. okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, well, before we start this week, um, last week we were talking about Harold Lloyd and uh, a few of his other movies, and I'm pretty sure I got the title of one of those wrong because um, I couldn't remember it at the time. Um, the ones I think people should see if they can find out are some of his more uh, some of his more sort of feature length <clears throat> films. So they were Girl Shy, The Kid Brother, and The Eastern Westerner were the three. Uh, those and Safety Last are kind of the, the the main four big movies that he did, uh, quite readily available on DVD and what have you. Um, so I urge people to check them out because we may well cover them in the podcast at a later date. Okay, lovely. Um, and also last week you mentioned. There was a short film where uh, he was walking around on a, on a construction site yes, across yes. I-beams as a skyscraper yeah. was being put together. Yeah. Um, I found it. It's called Never Weaken. Yeah. It's available on YouTube. I put a link in the episode six link dump on the, on the blog. Yeah. Uh, so if people want to check that out, they can. I think the construction site sequence starts around 19 and a half minutes in. Yeah, it's right at the end. And I actually, I watched a bit of it. And it I is, watched it too. It's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I mean, possibly it's more tense than Safety Last, I would say just as funny yeah and i think that he had more chance of slipping to his imminent demise i, I would think so mm. yeah yeah it's it's very very impressive and definitely worth a watch and i tried to find out about stan laurel being in safety right. last i can't find any mention of it so i can only assume it's a little in joke i not even that i don't know it's just there right it's very weird if i can find and isolate the actual clip i'll put a link to that as well yeah okay but it really does look like stan laurel Excellent. Very bizarre. Right, uh, we got a show to do. We do. We should start. Yeah, so uh, I think I'm desperate to know what you thought of Rubber. Okay. Uh, catch people up. Explain okay. what Rubber is. So Rubber is a really, really odd film. Um, <clears throat> it's basically a very typical uh, serial killer comes to town, cops try and figure out who the serial killer is and why he's doing it, except all the murders happen via telekinesis, the killer is a, t- a car tire and the uh there's an audience on a mountain who are watching via binoculars uh the sheriff knows they're there but nobody else does and it's just very very odd it knows it's very very odd and references that within the film so it's just very silly and very you know just fun i think but we'll see what kieran thought i am torn on this film right i am cleft in twain <laughs> okay yeah there's bits of this I yeah. really loved, yeah, and bits of it I absolutely hated. Okay, that's um, interesting because what what I found when whilst researching it, I, I looked at some of the reviews on uh, various websites, and they were completely polar. People either got it and loved it, or didn't get it and hated it. So okay. finding someone who's kind of in the middle is quite interesting. What I'd love to do is take the film yeah. and edit it and keep all the bits I love and get rid of all the rest of it. Okay, because, I, I mean, like I said last week, I think it might be a little bit too long and there might be some bits, you know, it need trimming down or taking out or it might work better as a shorter film. So it'd yeah. be interesting. What, what were the bits that you didn't like? That I didn't like? Yeah. Um, I didn't like all the Greek chorus on the mountain stuff. Right. That didn't do anything for me at all. Okay. It was arch self-referential and knowing yeah. in a way that was just poncy film student okay that's what that screamed to me yeah it did not belong in a theatrically released feature film right 
I was completely happy with the premise of a car tire going around killing everybody <laughs> right. with its with its quote unquote brain. Yeah, and no problem with that at all. <laughs> but it's the whole every uh, audience watching. Yeah. From on high business, yeah. all the, the fourth wall breaking stuff yeah. did nothing for me at That's all. That's interesting because what I think is that this would be a brilliant short based on the car tire element alone, and to get it up to a theatrical seventy minutes, just over or under. Um, they've added that in almost it, that's what it feels like to me is that's what they've used to pad it out now i thought that and i even thought that might have been something that happened during the production right but then those two elements kind of overlap towards the end yeah don't they? yeah absolutely um no it's because it's french well yeah the guy it's a the guy directing it is french yes. it's a french film and this is the kind of wankery that goes on <laughs> in those kind of french films you know? it's just wrapped in a b-movie in fact i found a quote right. uh which says, it's from Twitch, which is a Canadian film review website. Okay. The quote is, the film is intellectual wankery of the highest order in the sheepskin of a B-film of the lowest order. Right, yeah, that kind of sounds Which I half agree with. Yeah. I agree with the first half. Yeah, but not the uh, second half. But the B-movie stuff is excellent. It is. That tire has more personality (laughs) and character than most of Hollywood's leading men. It could act Matthew Mahogany off the screen. (laughs) What's his name? McConaughey, not Mahogany. See, it wouldn't. (laughs) Matthew Mahogany off the screen. Yeah. I I, I think I would... I really do enjoy this film. There are bits of the Greek chorus stuff that make me laugh, but I think that could stand to be lost and it could be brought down. And that, I mean, that was always my feeling with it. I mean... um, I, I want to read another review out. This is one of our listeners uh, okay. on Twitter. Um, if I can find it, give me two seconds. You should have this stuff prepared. Yeah, it always prepared, just not actually prepared as it should be. Right. Um, it was. Uh, it's from Phil Austin again, who regular listeners may remember uh, tweeted us a uh, a primer a review primer last review. week. Yes. So this is his, re- his review of Rubber. Okay. Rubber thoughts. Really enjoyed it. Which is it. a great name for an album, sorry. <laughs> That's just a sequel to Rubber Soul. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. Wacky but weirdly believable in a way in the way that it's put together, despite being to- uh, totally lacking in any sense of logic, uh, which is the point. I also found every time it started to outstay its welcome, it added an, a new twist or comedy element that brought me back in. Not one I'd watch multiple times, but I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair review. Um and, and I, like like we've discussed, I think there are a few bit, a few elements it probably could be stronger by losing. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, let's. I want to know what you liked about it. Um, everything involving the tire. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's it's an inanimate object that's been given amazing character. Yeah. Uh, the effects to bring it to life, whether they're practical or digital. Mm are outstanding at no point can you see a stick coming from off screen to poke the tyre I I would say that tyre is completely practical Um, I don't know this for definite because I haven't been able to find out Um, no I tried to find out as well I I think a lot of the close ups where you don't see the entire tyre is manipulated just by a pair of hands oh yeah 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 um, I think if you look at it, there's a couple of shots where you can kind of see inside the tyre and where it should just curve in into a black abyss it doesn't there's a there's a there's a there's like a wall, an interior wall of the tyre, which really shouldn't be there. Yes, I noticed that as well, so, uh, especially when it's on screen with other tyres. Yes, yeah. so I'm guessing that inside that tyre is a, effectively a remote control car, and that's all it is. Yeah. I, I would imagine that's how, how, they, how they got yeah. it to move. There are some shots, though, that I, I'm not sure that would work. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I understand the physics of it, really. But, mm. I, yeah, I think it's incredibly well done. But what yeah. else do you like? Um, 
like I said, every, everything involving the tire. Um, yeah. I loved its faltering first steps. Yeah. I love how its initial killing spree escalates. Yes. Like the, it crushes a plastic bottle. Yeah. Uh, then it rolls over a scorpion and crushes that. Yeah. And then it tries to roll over a beer bottle. And yeah. that won't break. And it gets very, it could get over it, but it's frustrated that the bottle didn't break. And that's when you see the telekinesis for the first time yeah. as it shakes and shakes and shakes and then the bottle explodes. Yeah. It's like the Spider Man discovery of powers. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it, it works beautifully. Uh, it's beautifully shot. Yes. The cinematography is fantastic. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah. Now, I have an interesting fact about that. Oh. Um, I was really curious as to how it was shot because uh, it, it had a particular look. And I found out this is the first film I've seen that is feature length and was shot entirely on a Canon EOS uh, 5D Mark II. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, and for those people who don't know, that is a, a effectively a digital stills camera that can shoot video. Uh, the advantages are that it's got brilliant resolution and, it, and you can change the lenses on it like you can. You get these beautiful Canon lenses. And it will shoot at 24 frames a second, which is film, which is film speed, yes. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, there's, there's a few of our followers, uh, followers and listeners that I know are keen photographers and have that model camera. Um, so I definitely think they should hunt this down and, and look, uh, have a look at it because it the just from a cinematography yeah, point of view. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If you if you if you don't get the the plot, you don't like it. That's fine. But just some of those shots, some of the depth of field, the color, absolutely beautiful. Um, and like I say, I, I've always wondered if you could make a film that long using that equipment. Yeah. And and not not be a gimmick as it were no and i think yeah, if you don't tell anybody yeah it's shot on a stills camera nobody would know yeah i think i think this really proves that that, that is actually a, a a valid format yes yeah you know? well the whole budget for the thing is only five hundred thousand dollars mm, right yeah, um, yeah i mean it's pretty small so i mean i mean i imagine the practical effects on the tire must be a fair whack of that well not if it's just a radio controlled car inside a tire <laughs> but even so that's still it's still not an easy yeah, thing to make yeah um Mostly what I liked was a lot of the details. Right. Uh, things like um, you see the the tyre after its initial kind of roll around for the day and the sun starts to come down, it just kind of falls over and sleeps. Mm-hmm. And it breathes while it sleeps. Yeah. I love that. Um, I loved um, the just don't want to be lonely sequence where it's uh-huh. just rolling along in the sun in the desert <laughs> yeah and blue magic's just don't want to be lonely is playing yeah uh that that's an advert absolutely yeah absolutely that you know yeah. the, the that section mm. you could just have that uh and then i don't know three others come and come and join it into like car formation and that's a pirelli advert or a michelin uh, advert uh, absolutely yeah and <laughs> and it's one of those things I, I remember sitting there watching it and one of the things that really struck me was I never thought I would ever see a film which featured a car tyre watching aerobics on telly in a hotel room. What I liked was all of the things it was watching on TV were things it couldn't do. It was things that required <laughs> legs, apart from NASCAR. Right, yeah. It seemed fascinated yeah. by NASCAR. Yeah. Um, the plot to lure it out and kill it is genius. Yes, absolutely. I think one of my favourite things about this film is the guy that plays the sheriff, Stephen Spinella. Um, who is he? I mean, I don't think you'd recognise him, but he's probably been in one episode of every single US I, I TV look, series. Yeah, I looked him up, and that's yeah. that. He's one of those journeyman yeah. hops from show to show kind yeah. of actors. Yeah, and I think he holds this all together so brilliantly, and with such a great, he really understands and gets the level at which he's pitching the humour and incorporating the audience within it. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think I think he's really good, and yeah, that final sequence in, when he's in the van 
and they're doing the voice and stuff. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. When fantastic. he has to take over from the woman <laughs> yeah. doing the voice, how they how they uh, lure the thing out is they've got a shop mannequin that they've dressed in quite a, a slutty manner, and they pack this thing with dynamite and a speaker, and the police are hiding in a van down the road, uh, uh, calling to it saying, oh, I've been a bad girl, come out and kill me, come and blow my head off, I really deserve it. <laughs> yeah. And they get, this, uh, they get uh, the girl, that the, the tyre, he, he kind of stalks her throughout the film, doesn't he? He follows yeah, he her does. car wherever well, she she's, goes. She's the one that gets away. He's yeah, going to yeah, kill yeah. her at the beginning, and then he gets, he gets knocked by that by a truck, truck. Yeah. yeah, so he, he doesn't. So he's, I think that's his goal, is he's, he's tracking her down. Yeah. But she's she's French and she's not a very good actress. No. Uh, and the sheriff kind of gets frustrated and knocks her out of the way and takes over and starts doing the voice <laughs> himself. And that, that stuff is hysterical. Yeah. Um, and then that whole thing, I felt that could have been resolved in a much more conventional manner. Right. And it has to incorporate what I am only going to call the French wankery. Yeah. Where one of the audience from the mountain has to come down and interject and complain about how the scene's going yeah but that scene's going fine oh, it's funny it's interesting it is progressing yeah so his complaint isn't even valid no i know but then uh, that whole fit that fits in with the whole thing is why do things happen in movies for well, no reason yeah so it, i can see why they did it that way but i totally agree that you, that was totally unnecessary it just like a lot of the Greek chorus undermine stuff. the scene yeah no. um uh, the, the other bit i thought goes on a little bit too long is at the end with the tricycle. Yeah. You know, that's just pretty shots of a tricycle rolling around. And, and you kind of... I can't see why it goes on that long, because I think they... they I, I reckon they're they like... They to get it up to 79 yeah, it minutes. Was like, yeah, it was like, oh, brilliant, that's it, done. Oh, we're five minutes short or two minutes short. All right, let's go and shoot another couple of shots of that tricycle and we'll bump it up. But I, I don't know about you, but do you... Can you... I can... I'm pretty certain I know what the backstory of the tyre is. I didn't even think about that, to be honest. I, I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure that the tire is a, re- a reincarnation, and the the personality within it was a convicted serial killer who has been killed in a prison, like been executed in a, in a local prison, and his his soul has inhabited this car tire in the local dump, and then he goes on a killing spree. I don't know why, but I just assumed that that was what had happened. Okay. Well, you have reminded me of one of my favourite sections. Right. Which is where the tyre is rolling on the road and it sees smoke in the distance. Yes. And rolls off to find out what it is. Yeah. And it's men uh, uh, burning a stack, a mountain of car tyres. Yeah. And that's what sends it over the edge into the real killing spree. Yeah. And that made me, that made me <laughs> laugh as well. Yeah. But that scene, I would have put earlier on in the film, I think. Yeah, yeah, it could have done. Yeah, it could have gone. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Um, it's like you're not a drinking man. No, you don't. You don't no. drink particularly. No, but it's like you and David Lynch <laughs> right. have gone to a pub. Yeah, got absolutely smashed. Yeah, and you'd taken out that wacky notebook you talked about. Yeah. last week that had all your ideas in yeah and he'd just gone oh that's brilliant let's go and make that one <laughs> right yeah because it that's kind of how it feels it, it yeah. veers from this great b movie mm. into this weird lynchian yeah and french wankery nonsense <laughs> yeah it's a very yeah and, and another thing that was highlighted to me on twitter uh was that the direct director of the film uh people may know of Mr. Wazzle. Yeah, because he did that really horrendous dance tune, f- flat beat with Flat Eric, 
and that was he's he's a he's a musician he that's what he does he's a dj musician first and then he kind of makes his odd i think he does his own music videos and then does movies in the you know yeah yeah in his spare time as it were but he's french yeah and he's made a very french film that's trying to masquerade as an american film yes including americans that say bloody and joking and i've never met an american that said either bloody or joking yeah yeah that's it's a word i'm not allowed to say on this podcast and kidding yes yeah I, yeah, I mean, it is one of those things. It's it's an American B movie with a very European twist, in terms of the way you know the way it's constructed and stuff. I think. So, shall we move from French nonsense to Hong Kong nonsense? Yes, absolutely. Unless you have anything else you'd like to um, talk about, otherwise. No, I, I don't think so. Um, other than that, I'm I'm. It's interesting. I, I I'm glad you liked most of it. And I understand why you didn't like the other. I bits. could have watched ninety minutes of a straight story about a rubber tire killing yeah. people. I just didn't need all the yeah. I think around I it. think you're right, and but even though there are bits of that that I do enjoy. Um, okay, so we'll move on from rubber um, to Flashpoint. Yes, which you pitched me. Do you want to give a quick overview of Flashpoint? For I us? can try. Um, uh, it's a pretty standard Hong Kong cop action movie. Um, I didn't pitch it to Tom because of the story. I didn't pitch it to Tom because I think it's a particularly great film. Uh, I enjoyed watching it far less the second time around than when I initially saw it. Right. Um, I pitched it to Tom because it has an excellent final fight sequence. I yeah. think a yes. really great final fight scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we said when we started this podcast, we could pitch each other movies for any reason, like for an actor's performance or for a moment we think people should see. Yeah. And I think people should see this fight scene. I think it's mm-hmm. great even out of context to the rest of the film. Absolutely, yeah. Um, do you want a plot summary or will that do? No, because basically I think... In my opinion, I mean, going back right to the first episode when you pitched me Ip Man, um, I said I was never a massive fan of Donnie Yen because I just wasn't ne- never quite convinced by him. Yeah, and I think this is why. Okay, uh, I, I mean, the the hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is before the fight sequence is a very standard police drama thriller. It yeah, has tough, some high spots. Cop. It has some yeah, low spots. A few it's good. just it's just yeah. all right, really. Yeah. But you know, Donnie Yen is the the main lead, but he's a bit, you know, he's a bit soulless, a bit characterless. Yeah. I found you know he's just he's just going by the numbers. Really, he could have been played by anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a rubber tire, perhaps. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, in terms of a cop movie, it, again, yeah, it's just standard. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not great. Um, but this fight sequence is utterly brilliant. If you're even vaguely a fan of martial arts movies, you have to see it because it, it is just. Brilliant. If you want to see someone getting punched in the face for real while making a, a fight scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've just realised I don't have my notes here. Oh dear. Hold on. Should I sing or something? Should I do some hold music while... Uh... You should, because I don't know where I put them. Boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, oh, let me go and check. Tom's run out of the room. I might see if I can keep this up the whole way. Um, I'm wondering when he's going to come back. We could play I Spy while we wait for him. Oh, he's back. Oh, dear. 
Never mind, I'm carrying on with that. Oh, he's managed to leave his notes at home, apparently. Yeah, never mind. All right. Um, I didn't have that many notes anyway. So. Okay, fine. You um, can do it from memory. Yeah. The key thing I really liked about this fight sequence, like you mentioned last week, is it evolves through various styles of fighting. Yeah. And the reason for the evolution in the style is due to a change in location. So as the fight progresses through the buildings and the surrounding areas, the fighting styles change to adapt to the surroundings. Yes, yeah. Um, you can see that Donnie Yen and Colin Chow, I think it is, isn't it? So yeah, he used to have a different name. He used to be called Nyai Singh. Right. And he did a veteran of loads of Hong Kong martial Just arts films. And he was it. in uh, the two Matrix sequels. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, of course he was, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they just go for it like crazy. I mean, you can see them really, really putting into it. And and the, also their stuntmen in the slightly not very well disguised shots where they're replaced by their stuntmen. Yeah, well, there are going to be a few because let's face it, some of the falls and hits they take oh, are yeah. really hard. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the things about Hong Kong movies that the action generally has over American films um, is that when you see someone fall from a height and slam into a car or slam into a railing you know that they're doing it for everyone you know it hurts i mean there are bits preceding the fight sequence where uh, donnie yen picks up one of the lead bad guys and just smashes him into a railing oh the guy's on the phone next yeah uh, it just it's out in the middle of the road yeah. isn't it? and he kind of picks him up onto his shoulders and yeah. then kind of just spins him out and smashes yeah. him into the railing yeah. yeah and you just see the guy's like head twist and his yeah. shoulder crack into the thing and there's can... a guy in the gunfight uh, the roof collapses underneath him and he falls through yes. and lands directly on his head. Yes. It's like, how did he... I, I'm assuming he didn't break his neck. I know. On the notes I, I don't have, I'd written an ouch list. Nice. <laughs> and, and that was one of them. The railings <laughs> was another. And then the last one was the same guy that gets hurled into the railings, gets thrown up into the air and comes down on the on the back quarter of a car. Mm. He'd, like in, in, in a Hollywood movie, he would have landed on the roof or the bonnet yeah but in this a nice big flat area yeah, yeah. he kind of half hits the side and twists and then slams his body onto the ground and it's just nasty looking and Ow. It, yeah and you, that's when you know that these people are really committed to the action that they're portraying mm. um but like i said the fight sequences you know you've got the muay thai the wrestling mm. the jiu-jitsu the mma you know just standard Hong Kong Kung Fu, to give it a generic term. Yeah, movie-style um, Kung yeah. Fu. Yeah. Um, it just all of it is so seamless and blends so well. It's well it also really starts great. with, with Donnie Yen attempting to smack a bloke in the face with a sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no, it's, it's actually a brilliant fight sequence, and it's definitely worth checking out. On You know, we've got it up on the blog on the... Yeah, I put, I put a link in the link dump. I might yeah, uh, link it again six? in... Episode, yes, yeah, I episode might link it again in this episode's link dump as right. well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's talk roast chickens. <laughs> there's some. There's some quite. Oh, I think I've killed him. Uh, there's some quite misplaced comedy in this film. There is, yeah. and one part of it is the scene where um, is it Yen's character or is it the um, no? It's, it's Wilson. the undercut. Uh, Wilson Lu- yeah. uh, Lewis Koo is yeah. uh, is is convalescing. Yeah, it's kind of like a. a, a we're sorry you're badly injured multiple times in this film party. Yes. <laughs> and, they, uh, and they're all getting ready and they're going to have a little soiree outside. They bought him a nice comfy a, chair. Yeah, they, bought, and, yeah, yeah. they bought him like a Jim or Fix-It chair with robot arms. And stuff. Yeah. Um, and the food is getting delivered by one of the bad guys 
just in a hat and a coat. Yes. And it's a box with a roast chicken in it with a bomb inside it. Uh, but you've seen the bomb placed and you know it's there. You know he's got the detonator. And they try to draw out this kind of almost Hitchcockian suspense element. But it's so absurd it just becomes funny. It does. It is funny. It, it's slightly suspenseful because you kind of know, you can kind of see what's coming yeah. or what have you and things like that. And... Um, yeah, the, the, you know, needless to say that there's there are moments where they're going to just dive into the chicken and you you know it's waiting and no they don't and then it has to go in the microwave to warm up and it, yeah it's a very ridiculous sequence. That I might is. see if I can find it and, you and put do, a link yeah. to it because it's hysterically yeah. funny. Because what it does do, I won't give any spoilers as to the aftermath, but the the bomb does explode. And I'd say that's a pretty big spoiler. I said the aftermath. <laughs> Well, no, the, the the bomb does explode. I'm okay. not going to say who, who it affects or okay, what fine. happens after that if people do want to watch it, but the bomb does explode, and you know it's going to explode. You know it's going to happen. Yeah. And what is interesting is that, talking about the whole Hitchcock element of having a bomb, he once made a film, uh, it was one of his British movies before he went to uh, Hollywood, and he had a child with a bomb on a London bus. And there's this incredibly tense sequence, I mean really proper intense sequence of this bomb on the bus and eventually the bomb goes off and the bus explodes and he said that was the moment that he realised he'd made a massive mistake and the bomb should not have gone off because you ne- the, the audience needs the release and the relief when the bomb is disarmed and he was, he was talking about suspense and, that's, and, and how, how you create it stretch it to its tense you know maximum, maximum tensiness yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then you've got to give a relief and a release okay um, and if the event that you think is going to happen does happen that often doesn't work and alienates your audience which is quite interesting I think. Hmm. that's an um, interesting theory yeah which Wilson yep does not subscribe no to, not in the slightest <laughs> so yeah it, it, it reminded me of that of like try, trying to emulate something masterful mm. and just making it quite funny lost in translation yeah perhaps. absolutely yeah yeah but i think that's enough about flashpoint because it basically is just a great fight sequence with a film stuck on the front well uh, a glowing review there from mr <laughs> Wet. <laughs> absolutely i did not enjoy it but you know you can't just skip to the fight really um but what's really funny is that the, i know this film you were going to pitch me a couple of weeks ago and you stumbled across Primer on, yes. on your generic film streaming service on your generic games console. Yes. Um, and the movie I'm going to pitch to you today is the movie that I put off because I just stumbled across Rubber, Rubber on my generic yeah. streaming service on my generic games console. It was overtaken by a rolling psychotic tyre. Yes. Right. But what's really fascinating... If it's got Donnie Yen in it... It hasn't got Donnie oh, Yen in it. But your film was a tough cop thriller. Right. And my film is the film that created that template. Okay. So what I've picked is uh, one of my, probably one of my top five films of all time. I really love this Does film. Does this mean I get a black eye if it turns out I don't like it next oh, week? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, no, I really do love this film. And funny enough, I was looking at what I would consider to be my general top five films. Okay. Um, and two of them, in fact, well, two of them are kind of, kind of cop thrillers and uh one of them is like a spy thriller mm-hmm. um the movie i'm going to pitch you 
is what most people would consider the start of the the tough cop who does things by his own book. You know, he 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 has his own set of rules, and he does whatever needs to be done to bring the people to justice. Um, so the film I'm pitching you is Dirty Harry. I thought it would be made in 1971, stars Clint Eastwood, and it is. I mean, it's a fairly standard cop thriller, but it's the character of Dirty Harry is just fantastic. Uh, they made five films in total, and I could watch all of them over and over again. Okay, um, because it's Clint Eastwood that makes it, and I, I'm not going to try. I mean, the guy that he is plays, a man of certain charisma, isn't he, he? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Dirty Harry is probably the peak of that. Okay, um, he. Uh, there are, I mean, there are other elements I love about this film. I love the way it's shot. I love the style of it. If you made this film now, I would imagine it would have a very desaturated, bluish, grainy look to it. Okay. Back then, it's so vibrant. The colour is... Re- I mean, I'm, I'm going to lend you the Blu-ray to watch okay. this, and it's a really good transfer. The opening title sequence is, a uh, what, again, something I, I'm particularly fond of a title sequence. I know you like opening title sequences. Yeah, I love creative opening title sequence, and this one is one of my favourites because you see a murder take place and it's a murder via sniper but it's a man on a roof and there's a girl in a bright yellow swimsuit swimming in a swimming pool on a roof like three blocks away and he shoots her and and it, the the color of the water her swimsuit the blood and then it's really it really pops on the screen mm-hmm. um and then the title sequence is Harry investigating that um, the rough plot is there's a serial killer in San Francisco and Harry's the cop that has to take him down. Simple, like it. Yeah, really simple. Um, no messing about, no audiences hiding on the mountains. No. No, no this is... French wankery. No, absolutely. This is the quintessential, well, the absolute opposite. It's just straightforward. Straight American straight, movie yeah, making. Yeah. yeah. Clint Eastwood has some of the best one-liners and just throwaway dialogue. Um, a lot of the ones that stick in my head actually come from the sequels, um, but there's some really good ones in this. Okay. I think they got a little bit more confident with that as they go on. Um, another thing I love about this film, my favourite film composer did the score, mm-hmm. and that's Lalo Schifrin. Uh, and anyone who doesn't, isn't familiar with his work, he wrote the Mission Impossible theme. Enter the Dragon. He did Enter the Dragon, he did Dirty Harry, and he also did one of my other all-time favourite films. He did Rush Bro- Hour. No, he didn't. Well, he did do Rush he, Hour, but yeah. not that. <laughs> he, oh, did, right. he did Bullet. Um, the film score to this is like a, a bass guitar with a fuzz pedal on it, some congos and a choir and some drums. And, and you just think, well, how does that go together? Yeah, it does. It's, it and sounds it, like just whatever he found in his garage. It, yeah, almost. And, and, and a choir. Yeah, but it fits so beautifully. There are, there are parts of these films that are just scored with a drum kit. And like symbols and stuff, and it, it just works beautifully. For those of you that can't see, which is all of you, Tom just mimed symbols at me. <laughs> well, it, it, it's just because it's so evocative, I can hear it in my head. Um, I'm going to keep a lot of the facts and things for for the review for next week. Once you're familiar with the film, okay. Um, I hope you like it because I absolutely love it. Watch out for Hot Mary. Pardon? Watch out for Hot Mary. Sounds like, sounds like advice my mother would give me. Yeah, and the uh, very uh, late 60s, early 70s attitude towards sex. 
Nice. There's a there's an interesting kind of dynamic and comment about that at one stage during a stakeout. Um, the guy that plays the serial killer, like psycho bad guy, is really really good, and he's not one of those actors you would have seen much of again he's probably done lots of tv he's done lots of few films here and there he's so one of those oh that guy's kind of yeah right. he, it might it might not even be quite a oh that guy no um but he's really good in this and to be able to stand up against clint i think is pretty impressive because this is his movie um the one thing i will say is the reason he took the role clint eastwood this is mm-hmm. uh was because at the time america was getting very liberal and there was a lot of um, a lot of issues with police departments basically stopping evidence from being admissible because there were a lot of active rights movements for prisoners. So people were saying that just because someone's a prisoner or a killer, that doesn't mean they don't have basic human rights and all this kind of stuff. And it got quite far. Mm-hmm. And there was kind of a beginning of a backlash where people were like, well, hang on, what about the victims of these crimes? In some cases, they're being treated worse than the people that perpetrated them. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was very close to Clint Eastwood's heart and was very, I think, um, one of the reasons he took public office when he became mayor um, of Carmel in California. Where I've been. Yeah, so have I. There we go. Um, I think he... I think this might have been the first moment where he's his kind of political mind actually started to come into his filmmaking and this film apparently did actually make a difference Hmm. um it it swayed public opinion that maybe they weren't being tough enough on people um so it was it was kind of interesting that on the basics of it it's it's just a 70s cop movie but Hmm. it has actually had quite an impact to an extent um and i think it's one of clint eastwood's best movies so there you go there's my pitch okay well the film i have to pitch to you is also one of my favorite films okay it was probably my favorite film in the year it came out right it was quentin tarantino's film favorite film in the year it came out okay second only to toy story 3 right (laughs) that's a direct quote from the man himself okay um it contains some great dialogue yeah um and it's thematically similar not to Dirty Harry but to Primer okay it's at the heart of it it's about an invention that tears a friendship apart okay the social network oh right excellent I've been wanting to watch this for ages marvellous I'm glad I picked this then yeah I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to this uh, on, on the surface of it it's a fictionalised version mm. of the founding of Facebook yes um, it's based uh, somewhat loosely maybe on a couple of books yeah. Uh, and an awful lot of court deposition mm-hmm. and uh, legal paperwork that the screenwriter, Aaron Sorkin, who the man who created The West Wing, yeah. um, and other great films. And he did TV Charlie films. Wilson's War. Which Charlie is, Wilson's War. Despite having Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts, actually a brilliant film. I haven't seen it. I want to. I've seen like right. five minutes of it in a I, hotel room at some point. I could pitch you that at some point. Okay, fine. Good. Excellent. Anything with Aaron Sorkin attached is yeah. goodbye me mm-hmm. um what was i talking about You're oh talking about of research and yeah the rest of it. yeah i know he did a ridiculous amount well, of research for this i film. actually i actually filmed a press conference for this movie mm-hmm. back when it came it got a theatrical release and um i remember him saying that he and his uh researchers went through i think it was 30 
boxes of papers. Hmm. And I'm talking about, you know, the big archive boxes that you, you know, you store your ex-paperwork in. They had about 30 or 40 of those that they had to go through every word of hmm. um, t- to find find the narrative from it. And hmm. I, I, I can't imagine hmm. where you'd start with something like that. Well, the framework for the film is um, is the depositions yeah. uh, of two of the lawsuits that Mark Zuckerberg, the founder, the claimed founder of Facebook, yeah. is um, is having to defend himself in at the same time. Right. So, uh, but you also see flashbacks to the things they're talking about in the depositions. Yes. And then so it'll you'll have a scene of him on Harvard campus doing whatever it is he's doing involved with the site or whatever personal relationship is at the time. Yeah. And then it will flash to the, the deposition room mm-hmm. where he's then kind of questioned by the lawyers as to the uh, validity of what he's just said and all the rest of it. So it's yeah. structurally it's interesting in that way. Right. It's directed by David Fincher, who of course directed Fight Club. Mm, Seven, I love David Fincher's stuff. Uh, Zodiac, yeah. Panic Room. Mm-hmm. How many other David Fincher films can we name? Benjamin right. Button. Let's not talk about Benjamin Button. Or, or Alien 3. Okay, well, ten, uh, uh, <laughs> Benjamin Button and Alien 3 just don't exist. Well, the big one he's just done is Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Yes, he has. The yes, American remake of that, which is yes. currently in cinemas. It is. I haven't seen it. Okay, good. Thanks. That's <laughs> a fascinating piece of information. Yeah. Um, I haven't mentioned who's in it. Um, Jesse Eisenberg yes. from Zombieland mm-hmm. and Adventureland mm-hmm. uh, and probably some other films with Land in the title yeah. uh, is, uh, is Mark Zuckerberg. And he's perfectly cast as an intellectual nerdy Jew who talks too fast. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that's what that's his thing. Yeah. Well, the thing, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg has ADHD. Yeah. And he, uh, I read an interview with him where he said he found it really hard playing this character because it's all elements of behaviour that he's tried to, he has oh, actively right. tried to remove from his own personality, his own wow. way of behaving. Wow, that must be that must be really difficult. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Um, other things like he he found out that um, he found out that uh, Zuckerberg had been uh, had been into fencing. Right. Uh, uh, he, uh, he read. He got to read uh, Zuckerberg's um, Harvard application, hmm. his essay, hmm. which mostly talks about his love of fencing. Right. So he, uh, Eisenberg went and took a couple of classes and discovered it changed his posture. So he adopted that posture for Zuckerberg in the film. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's, uh, there's all sorts of odd and interesting little yeah. tidbits like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, in this film, uh, we have Andrew Garfield, who will yeah. be Spider-Man later yes. on this year, I do believe, yep. uh, who plays uh, Eduardo Saverin, mm-hmm. uh, the the initial money behind Facebook. He's Zuckerberg's yeah. best friend right. on campus. Um, I think he's really good in this film. Okay. Uh, he's British. Yeah. He plays a Brazilian with an American accent. <laughs> right. Or a Jewish Brazilian with an American accent, I think. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. But he's very right. good. Uh, 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 ethnicity right. uh, and and nationality and accent aside, right. I think he's very good in this. Okay. Um, Justin Timberlake is even good in this film. Yes. He plays Sean Parker, who was the, yeah. uh, the founder of Napster. Yeah. Uh, and also kind of came into Facebook on its... Uh, Mm. Uh, in its formative years, he gets a really good introduction scene. Right, um, I know uh, he he was one of the stars of the press conference that I was at. Actually, he he spoke 
very eloquently and incredibly intelligently about the whole affair. He, yes, uh, particularly him and Sorkin together. It was yeah. quite interesting. It, it was uh, a level of conversation you wouldn't expect for an ex Mouseketeer. He, he's. He's a deceptively intelligent oh, man. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And behind, uh, behind the image, there's yeah. a big brain, I think. Yeah, and on. he's got a very, very good sense of humour about himself. Uh, the other person or people to look out for mm. are the Winklevoss twins. Yeah, now that's who, one guy, isn't it? Kind of. Right. The effects to create that, maybe I should save that for next week. Yeah, we'll go into uh, that after. But uh, principally, it's a guy called Army Hammer. Yeah. Who was in something else recently? He was, I can't remember what. No, all right, we should probably do more research before we go into yeah, this. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, he's very good. Right. He's very good. Um, eyes open also for the Aaron Sorkin cameo. Okay. You could, uh, if you wanted to, you could look out for a couple of callbacks uh, to um, other episodes of our podcast. Okay. Uh, Rashida Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, from I Love You Man yeah. is in this. Uh, and they uh, mentioned Towering Inferno, which we talked about last week Perfect. a little bit. Yeah, and that will feature in a future podcast when I okay. buy the Blu-ray. Uh, and Fincher's kind of show-off scene, right? which is a rowing race at the Henley Regatta, Okay, uh, shot with tilt-shift photography. Which, if people don't know what tilt-shift is, it's real life made to look like miniatures. Yes. That's the best way I can explain it, really, yeah. using camera trickery. Yeah, it, it seems to me, it's in, well, it's kind of like extreme depth of field and lots of changing in focus within planes, isn't it? Kind of, yes. Yeah. And somehow by doing that, everything looks tiny. <laughs> yes. Uh, and finally, I guess, if you need anything else to sell it to you, this was nominated for eight Oscars and won three. Fair enough. So it's regarded by the Academy. Yeah. Uh, it reviewed especially well on its release. Yeah. Uh, and was many critics... Uh, uh, number one film of the year. Uh, like right. I said, I think it's my favourite film of 2010. Okay, interesting. I mean, I, lo- I love David Fincher films and I love Aaron Sorkin's writing, so I'm all geared up for Well, this. that's initially what sold it to me as well. Yeah. It's like, I don't care what the subject is. The point is, is David yeah. Fincher directing an Aaron Sorkin script? Yeah, I'm I- there. I'm, my money's down. I don't care what it's called. I don't care what it's about. Yeah. I'm going to go and see it. Absolutely, yeah. So there we go. Next week, you can look forward to uh, reviews of two very different films, Dirty Harry and uh, and The Social Network. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think it's time to end the show and do our thanks and oh, goodbyes. Oh, definitely, and stuff, yeah. We've so. been abusing people's ears for far too long. Absolutely. So uh, without further ado, if you want to get in contact with us, then just follow us on Twitter with at HYS Podcast. Uh, you can log on to Facebook and like the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash have you seen podcast. Um, you can go to the blog where you can find all the uh, link dumps that we put up of all the snippets we can find from the films for YouTube or what have you. I had uh, a little poke and a minor redesign of that over the weekend as well. Oh, right, so it's right. now a slightly different colour and the icons are prettier and I added an extra page and all Excellent. sorts of things. So go and check out the changes. Yeah, we're going to keep updating it and add new things and we'll keep you posted. But if you want to have a look at that, it's bit.ly forward slash podcast. Uh, you can also email us if you can't fit a review of any films we've covered into a tweet or a Facebook message then you can email us at hyspodcast at gmail.com um, and please do even if you just see a film that we covered in episode one or two just let us know because we'd love to know what you think about them yeah, if you definitely. agree with us and you know we're, we're always happy to read out reviews on the show and Yes, definitely. We encourage audience interaction and participation uh, at any and all levels, so uh, you can't miss us. Come on, we've got all of these ways of contacting us on the internet. We're fully down with the 21st century <laughs> uh, methods of communication, so uh, 
get in touch and uh, the best stuff we'll read out on the show yeah absolutely um, and we'll just finish off by saying thanks to Artbeat Productions for using the uh, wonderful studio here uh, thanks to Chapter Media for all the advice they've given us and also uh, always a massive thank you to Alexi Imam who does all of the weird stuff with bits of numbers and computers and things that we just uh, really can't be bothered with or no, understand we, we do the talking he does yeah. the uh, techie bit absolutely uh, yeah so thanks again that's all for this week so goodbye bye